Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Shippel. And that is Steve Jones. And today on the program we have a band called When Doves Cry. Yes, a fantastic band. Unfortunately, I did not have the pleasure of uh, seeing them, but you did. I did, yes. And But you did send me a video. I sent you a short little clip. Short little clip. Looks fantastic from what palette. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was the Pointer Sisters at first, and then I realized, oh no, this is the uh, tribute band. Yeah, exactly. So it's obviously a Prince tribute band, and... Uh, and yeah, I mean, you'll hear this a little bit at the uh, uh, end of the interview, I think. But um, I was interested in this because uh, uh, a concert that we covered before was a David Bowie celebration, right? Yeah. And that was incredible. That was, I uh, mean, I was floored. Yeah. That was insane. So that was so damn good. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Prince fan out there. Mm. And, uh, I respect his work. But let me talk to some people who really respect his work, and uh, and enough to make a tribute band uh, to him. So yeah, I mean you've got to love an artist, right, in order to be part of a tribute band. Yes. And spend a you know good portion of your life honoring that artist. Sure. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. But it's been a little while since we've uh, been gotten together. It's been a little while since we've uh, potted. You uh, have done another worldly travel uh, down I, to... I did. I got out of the country. Um, well, this is the first pod that we've done this year. It is. Um, happy 2020, say, everybody. Yeah, happy 2020. Uh, apparently, it's not the end of the decade. It'll be the end of the decade at the end of this year. Yeah, what's that? I mean, it's, it depends on who you ask, but... I keep on hearing different things. Yeah, why is why is that? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, apparently, um, it was because... I, I talked to this guy. Uh, you've met him, Daniel. Okay. He's a super smart guy. He loves history. Um, and he kind of explained this to us at a New Year's party. And he said, way back when... Um, there really wasn't a concept of zero, right? So when 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 it started, it wasn't starting at zero at year zero. It was starting at year one. Okay. So okay, the decade nerd. the decade like, always starts at one then and goes from one okay, to ten. Okay, nerd. Like right? no, no, that's, that's not how, real. That's how that's how it happens. No, and especially on a Prince podcast, where you know <laughs> we're talking 1999 here, we're celebrating <laughs> uh, the the new decade. So fuck Daniel and his nerdy <laughs> and intelligence, his intellectualism, and his ability to research shit that historians say. Look, it's a new decade. Okay. It's a new fucking decade. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying it's a new decade. Yes. Fuck it. We're going with that. Yeah. So that's Screw good. Screw Daniel. Yeah. So tell us about your uh, your worldly travels. You left the country. I did. I did. Uh, went to Mexico. So this was this whole trip was um, about really seeing my dad again. My dad just turned 80, uh, 81. Uh, you his, saw him like three times last month. I did. I saw him up in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, several yeah. times. Back-to-back -back weekends. Yeah, I did. Okay. I know, because of uh, You see your soccer. dad more than I see mine, which is 45 minutes away. So. And this is significant for those of you that don't know, because my dad doesn't live around here. Right. Your dad does. I got to hop in a plane for two hours to visit my dad up in Seattle. So, uh, anyway, dude, Steve, I've got these... I don't know. I, I go through these times where I just start freaking out i mean he's been 70 for 10 years right but now that he's in his 80s i just i'm like oh my god well, he was 70 for 11 years because the decade oh, yeah right the, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah depending yeah. on who you speak to yeah right daniel would say he's in 70. <laughs> right and i didn't have this problem when he was in his 70s but now that he's in his 80s i just I, I don't know i just feel like he's gonna die any second and there's no reason for me to be really afraid of that other than he's 81 yeah. you know and there's so many people that don't make it to that age sure and uh he's 
totally healthy. He, there's nothing wrong with him. Uh, he eats well, gets exercise. Uh, you know, he's not forgetting everything. Um, he's not falling over and breaking his hip. None, none of that. Um, so there's really no reason for me to be afraid uh, other than he's in his early 80s and I'm just worried that, okay, you know, a lot of people die the older you get, you know, maybe the... It's a part of life. The chances are that you're going to, you know, die quicker. I don't know. It's just I mean, it's, it's just me. But I've been visiting him, to, just to get down to your question, I'm just visiting sure. him a lot because I'm sort of freaking out, like, oh, my God, I just have to start seeing him a lot because I don't know how much longer he's going to be in my life. So you guys took this vacation together? Like, he came here yes. and then you went down there or you met you there or what? Yeah. So my parents got divorced when... Um, when I was, I don't know, 12 or something, I really have no idea how old I was. But it was Eisenhower some, was president. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, before Hitler, no. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> back in World War One, my parents met. Um, so so uh, what was I talking about? So anyway, so uh, the whole new marriage thing, my dad got married pretty quickly. Um, and uh, this new marriage thing with his wife was all about going to Mexico like once a year. That was the thing that they started doing together. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it wasn't once a year back then, but they would go every now and then, and I would go with them uh, because I was still, you know, in high school or whatever. Sure. And um, uh, mm, let's see. And then they got this timeshare or condo somehow, and then they started going every year around Thanksgiving, and that became like a tradition. So I figured I'm going to go see my dad and continue this tradition thing because it's been like five years since I've seen him last in... Mexico, and we have so many good memories of doing stuff in, in, in Puerto Vallarta together. So it's always the same town, old town, Puerto Vallarta, the romantic district. And um, it's just, it's really pretty. It's, um, you've got a nice beach. You've got, it's really relaxing. There's always something festive going on. Uh, all the tourists there are either from California or Canada somewhere. So you still, you don't really feel, feel, feel necessarily like you're in a foreign country because there's so much that's still familiar there. So for people that like to, for people that are intimidated, I guess, about leaving the country for the first time, you might want to go to some place that is going to be at least somewhat familiar. So Puerto Vallarta would be a good choice. Okay, so I should go there. Or something. (laughs) Only if you have a fear of, yeah, I I don't have a fear of traveling. (laughs) I just don't do it. So right, right. It was fun. It was it was great. Uh, but, but this time it wasn't over Thanksgiving. It was over Christmas. So there were a lot more people there. There were more events. Um, um, and uh, so we saw my dad for about half of the time that we were on vacation. So we just did the traditional stuff, you know, with the parents, low-key, did whatever they wanted to do. And then they flew away, and we were there until uh, the 31st. Um, and then flew back for the New Year's. Yeah. So the really cool thing that I was going to tell you about is that we left Puerto Vallarta and we went to some other uh, town north of there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm forgetting what the name of it is. I know, I know our friend... Sintra? Oh, okay. No, I was going to say, I know our friend Tony wanted you to go to Tequila. Yes, he wanted me to take a drive to Tequila. It would have been probably a two-hour, three-hour trip one way. Yeah. would have been too much for a day trip. But we went to this other place that was just fucking awesome. I mean, it was a really tiny town. The whole town, the whole downtown part was like a triangle. And every single street on that triangle was just packed with people. And there were fun stores and fun restaurants and fun bars. And you literally could just spend all your time there, constantly meet new friends and, you know, celebrate whatever you wanted to celebrate. Right. And it was cheap and, uh, and fun. 
and I wish I could remember the name of that town. I'm sure it was great. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was <laughs> it was it was it was great. Yeah. No, I was just paranoid about the water, because in Puerto Vallarta the water is pretty. You don't have to really be afraid of it. Okay. It, uh, they fixed the whole don't problem the with water the water coming the, from the yeah. spring. Yeah, that's that's all clean. You just have to be worried about the pipes. Okay. That the water travels through, but basically Puerto Vallarta is fine. You don't have to worry about Montezuma's revenge. You know, you don't have to worry about fire in the hole for two weeks. Sure. But that's not true outside of the state that Puerto Vallarta is in. So I was I was so paranoid. So I didn't I didn't order anything with ice cubes. Uh, I didn't order anything that uh, you know was washed with water like salads. Are they allowed to serve? I mean, not there, but I mean in general in Mexico. Sure. Are they allowed to serve you water that is not yeah drinkable? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you got to be really careful about it. So a lot of people just buy bottled, bottled water. Yeah. Um, in this town, nobody seemed to care. But uh, I just, I didn't drink any margaritas or I didn't have any mixed drinks of any kind. I just stayed with their extremely shitty beer. Yeah. Um, and it's so nice to be back. When you go to a country that has shit for beer. Yeah. And then you come back home, it is so nice yeah. to crack open that first beer and it's like oh my god i've been so deprived yes well i'm i'm trying to do a dry january and you're making it very wet with this pliny so <laughs> i will i will confess right now i'm a bad influence yes we are uh, drinking a uh, a pliny which is so nice after this, being in mexico yeah this is my first beer of 2020 uh, <laughs> made it six days <laughs> good for you good for you it's just a little bit of a you know whatever it's an excuse because you're with a buddy right who is forcing you to do this. So, um, you know, after this, you're good. Back, yeah, yeah back yeah. to dry. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when you want a beer, you just give me a call and I'll come okay, by. Okay, okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter what time it is. Okay. Or what well, day of the week. <laughs> you'll be like, I'm there, I'm there. Got you covered with the beer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I had a good time. Good times. Good times. Well, I'm glad you got away and uh, uh, got to start, well, end the year right. End of the decade right, If you, depending upon who you ask. Exactly, uh, right, and, uh, right. Yeah, the vacation was was really great. Um, uh, you know, uh, it's a, it's hard when you are when a vacation involves visiting family, right? Because uh, you never really know what the family part of it is going to be like. Right. Is it going to ruin the vacation? Is I mean, there's times like... that I know what it'll be like, but uh, uh -huh. and that's why I don't travel with my mother anymore. <laughs> right. There you go. There I know go. exactly what it'll be like. Oh, anything go. over two days and yeah. we're at each other's throats. And yeah. It is too much. And yeah. So. Yeah. And I think it probably would have been exactly that. It would have been too much. It would have been crazy. And we would have been at each other's throats if we had all stayed in the same, you know, hotel or hotel room or something. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't. We had play we had different places um, that were close by, but we had our own time. So my wife and I, you know, had our time in the morning and early afternoon, and then we would see the parents for the late afternoon evening thing. Well, that's good to be able to break it up like yeah. that. So. Yeah, yeah. I almost did interview a band. You almost did. Okay. I almost did. The problem <laughs> was... Their English wasn't very good, and I don't know Spanish. And, well, that would have been a great interview. <laughs> I, I love it. But, yeah, exactly, right? Um, they but, were familiar with Concert Pipeline. But, yes. Okay. But I've got to tell you, uh, these guys, Los Bambinos or something, <laughs> they, they're a cover band, and they cover, like, four different bands. Okay. And they cover them beautifully. So on the night that we were there, they covered the Eagles, and they were fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. I mean, so damn good. And one of them... 
um, I think it was Hotel California. They did partially in Spanish, which was also amazing. There, there's a great me- band, Metalachi, that's been on the program that does this. We've saw them together. Yeah. With, yeah. yeah it was Atticus's first I mean, it was that It was that caliber. You know, it was yeah. amazing. And um, uh, they also do Queen uh, and The Beatles, and I forget what the fourth one is, but... Um, that was a beautiful surprise. And, and so about you almost interviewing them, how did that come about? Well, I was, you know, um, I didn't really think much about the band other than, oh, I wonder if I should interview these guys. Uh-huh. But then, uh, you know, when we had the experience of, of, of listening to the band, I was like, damn, these guys are really, really good. They're uh-huh. great. But I didn't really want to bother them. Um, they put on a great show. Again, they, their English wasn't very good. And... Um, and um, there are only like four people in the audience. I felt really bad for them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why aren't there more people here? These guys are great. Yeah. But anyway, so I don't know. Oh, well, sorry, we missed uh, Los Banos or whatever. Bambinos. Los Bambinos. I think. Bambinos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried to look for some of their music online, but. It doesn't exist. Um, they, they, they have some original recordings, but I didn't find any um, other covers. No. So, oh, well, we won't have them on the podcast. We won't have them on the podcast, yeah. But yes, uh, well, um, just to wrap out I, before we get into uh, when doves cry, um, I have been doing. Yeah, I'm getting into doing a lot of hunting. Obviously, you know it's the hunting season. We're winding down. It's winding we're, down. We're in the last month, right? Uh, and so I'm going to be hunting hard in the next couple of weeks. Like I might go out Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, going out uh, Friday night to lottery, uh, mm-hmm. and going to yeah go out hunting all weekend, Saturday and Sunday. What's lottery? Uh, that that means put my uh, my name. Oh, that's right. My friend's name is on mm-hmm. the list to try and be able to get on the refuge um mm. you know um at f- uh, first shooting so when do you find out uh well i mean friday night is when you put in and so you find out friday night as well for saturday um for the next uh day so i'm gonna be sleeping in my car on friday night i see um uh and uh, uh i'll stay in a hotel on saturday but but Friday night I'm gonna sleep in my car. Do you have like a, an air mattress or something? You can just put the I, back seats down and sleep, or do you sleep like in, just in the front seat? Or no, I I lay, I'll lay the seats down and I have a sleeping bag. Um, I, our uh, friend Joe he said he's he, he has like a, a mattress thing that he'll lend me, which mm. will, which will be good. Mm. Um, also, but but I'm fine with just a sleeping bag. Even I I did it for opening day of hunting season and cool. We, and without a sleeping bag, with just a blanket. And it must get fucking cold. It got it got a little chilly, but I uh, oh. I made do. So you just got to wrap yourself up and let let go and <laughs> <laughs> try and get a couple hours of sleep. Uh, right, know? right, right. So that's a uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's my plan. Um, so it should be uh should be fun. So um, we don't have anything booked right now as far as interviews, mm. but uh, um, we'll keep keep the episodes coming as we get get you know content. Yeah. There's there's not a lot out you know coming so, through right now. Sometimes we'll get surprised, right? And exactly. all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, oh, okay, I've got three like three a, shows booked. Yeah, yeah, where we thought there'd be nothing. Yeah, that happens sometimes. So just <laughs> yeah, stay yeah, tuned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, talking about concerts, we got uh, Bottle Rock coming. We do, and we'll talk about. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about that in the music news, won't we? Sounds good. So. Will do. Yeah, so let's talk about when doves cry. Um, I interviewed the band before uh, before the show at Great American Music Hall. Um, this is uh, one, like I said, that I didn't have a lot of information going in. I mean, not only my knowledge about Prince, but also uh, there there wasn't a lot of information about the band out there. Uh, so I, you know, really shot from the hip a lot and made the conversation natural. Mm-hmm. You know, really kind of 
about their passion for for Prince nice. and, uh, and the band and how uh, and their dynamic and everything. So we had a really great conversation. The show was a lot of fun. Um, also. Uh, really enjoyable. So um, let's uh, before we get into the interview, why don't we play one of the songs from uh, from their set at Great American Music Hall? Uh, Sounds good. Right before we do that, let's just acknowledge that you um, you went with our friend Tony. I did. And we just have to mention that that he was there. He was. So he doesn't get butt hurt, you know, in <laughs> case he listens to the podcast and it's like, you guys didn't talk about me. So uh, you went with Tony. He offered you some beers. He did. And, I and you were strong. I you were strong. Stronger than now. Good for you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now you're going to make me feel worse. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I, I, you should feel pretty You know what? I'll drink the rest of your beer if you're not oh. going to have that. Oh, you will? Oh, okay. Thank you. I mean, I've already <laughs> had some, so I'm already in, uh, in deep, so. Anyway. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to start out with uh, one of the songs from their set. This is I Would Die For You. Backstage here at the Great American Music Hall with Wind Doves Cry. Hey. hey, how are you all doing today? Ow. <laughs> yeah, I got the owl going. I'm good. How are you? Yeah. So, so why don't we uh, introduce yourself, or if someone wants to introduce the band, kind of tell uh, who's here, whatever works. Well, I'm Lisa Taylor. Kenny Ken, the bass player. 
Rashad Carlton. And Stuart Moore, the keyboard player. I'm Russ Merritt on the drums. Counting. Hey, I'm Zach on the guitar. I'm Susie on the saxophone. All right, we made the full circle here. So, uh, so uh, we'll go back. We'll kind of start from the beginning and kind of get to where we are now. Um, you guys uh, formed in like five years ago at this point. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, tell me a little bit about how you got together. Um, what you know, how you formed and wanted to uh, become a, a tribute band for Prince. Uh, this one, this one goes to Zach. Okay. Uh, would you ask why? Yeah, why, why? Uh, the music is amazing. We love him. Okay. Just took a long time to find the right crew. Yeah. yeah. And so, how did you guys meet each other? Uh, social media. Yeah. <laughs> Our comedian over here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, social media. Just finding like the right players, going through as many players. And as you can, can move find the, the right people. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finding the right people. Okay, yeah. so whose idea was it? Like mine. A, it was all mine. I'm guilty. Okay, you're the guilty one. So you're, so you're, yeah, you're like, okay, I'm a really big fan of Prince. I want to yeah. form this. Uh, Since 1982. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there was a band around here, kind of doing it, and I thought, well, <clears throat> maybe I could do it too. And so, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure the music was done the right way. Maybe thought some other people weren't really um, keeping true to the music, so we wanted to keep true to the music. So we did that, and um, you know, went through with the other bands around here for a while. They wanted to pick us up. We almost split off and like became part of some other bands. But um, I found Lisa. Right, Lisa was one of my first people, uh, lead singer. Once I saw her, I'm like, well, I'm not joining anybody. Like, no, we're gonna do our own. Yeah. So. We just started, and then Kenny came in. Susan and I started on the same show. Oh, Susan too. Yeah. Wow, that long ago. Yeah. So we just put everybody together. It's been like uh, a long time. We just got him, Rashad, a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. Stuart a year ago. So we've been looking up until a year ago for the right people. And do you think a seven piece is the right n number? Like a seven is for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we don't do the live horns much. We just kind of try to do what the records do, kind of. The more uh, raw prints, so. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, I think seven is great. It's a good number. He's got a song named Seven. Seven feels right. The chemistry feels right. We've had eight and nine in the past, and it was just there's not enough to go around. We want everybody to like maximize their talent, you know. So. Yeah, and so when you good. when you saw another band, uh, Prince tribute locally, like, yeah. and you you're like, okay, I want to do that. Like, what did you want to do differently? Like, I wanted to put passion into the project. It seemed like maybe uh, more passion could be in there, a little bit more um, staying true to the arrangement. Yeah, like literally trying to play. We always try to shoot for exactly what Prince would do, and then if we fall short, it's okay, but I always try to hit that mark because the music deserves to be done the right way. So we just try to do it the right way. So you need talented people. So that's why we have to have Lisa and Rashad, a female and male vocal, because Prince had that ability to make you think it was a male to female from time to time. He yeah. just hit the whole range. So, um, and Lisa being such a diehard Prince fan, like having another diehard Prince fan in the, in the band, like I am, 
was so important to me because then I knew I could like bounce off of somebody. I knew that if I missed something, Lisa was going to pick up on it all the time. So that's why I said when I found Lisa, it was like, well, we're going to keep going with this. We're not going to break it up ever. So yeah. And you mentioned '82, so that's that's when you started becoming a yeah. A when 1999 came out, was that '82 or '81? Were yes, you born right then? I, I was not. I was oh. not alive. '83. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So before I was even here, you were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, '82 or '81. I heard that whenever the '99 album came out, I think it was '82. Yeah. That I heard it. So anyway, yeah. Uh, a relative of mine had purple beads up in her room and all the posters and stuff and we sat there and we this is when i get old we read the jacket on the record yeah just looked at that whole thing and it had an insert on what's it. the record um i know sorry sorry i had to so I'm sorry this interview is over thank you. <laughs> yeah that was short thank you for your time uh <laughs> no so i mean you know the tribute scene is something i've done for 20 years so okay the original music scene changed in the 90s for me, so I jumped in the tribute scene back in Chicago and put a bunch of stuff together. Came out here, relocated, better weather, yeah, more weird people. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to get with the right people, and it took some years. It took about three or four years to like find these people, and once I found them, I could do bands like this now, where um, the music, the musicianship is just incredible. So. Yeah, it's fun to try to you know do something that most people can't do. Yeah, and so Lisa, you're a diehard uh, Prince fan as well. So tell me about when you're Prince fam. Yeah, when did your uh, passion for for Prince start? Um, I've loved Prince since I was a really little girl. Um, but I kind of say I came out of my Prince closet about twelve. Um, the Batman soundtrack came out, and that was just the thing especially because my parents didn't want me to see the movie because it was a little violent so it was like oh this is the best thing ever and the soundtrack was actually the first prince album that i purchased of my own cassette tape do you remember what, what's a cassette oh is, man is, it, was, it was kind of a little plastic thing weird had a nice smell to it um like it, they did they had a good smell um up until then i'd kind of had you know here and there people recording albums for me and yeah. kind of looking at the Purple Rain VHS tape. I'm so yeah. aging myself and just it, thinking, that guy's really I, I know what VHS cool. is. Yes, okay. <laughs> we got a winner. I'm not that young. We got no. a winner. And, uh, you know, I just had friends because I was in music. I had friends that were DJs and producers that had just tons and tons of um, Prince albums and they would record them for me. And I just... I just fell in love with his music and his, there's a line in one of his songs that says our clothes our hair we don't care it's all about being there and just growing up where I did black girl on the big island of Hawaii and just not really fitting in and and that kind of gave me the courage to say screw it I'm gonna be me I'm gonna be who I am I'm gonna let my freak flag fly and uh, ever since then people people that grew up with me that I haven't seen for years the first thing they think of me when when they when they hear my name or see me on Facebook is, do you still love Prince? And it's been a lifelong thing. Yeah. He's just been my hero, my idol. And were you in other bands before, you know, before, like were you in bands growing up? Um, I grew up, yeah, in Hawaii. I sang for a living. Um, by the time I turned 18, I was pretty much professionally uh, making a living doing music. But it's a different thing out there, the ones that I was doing. It was a lot of lounge gigs, a lot of jazz, you know, clubs, and um, which is great 
for you know to fool around vocally and for your repertoire but this is the first band the first show I've been in and to do my idols music I'm finding I'm doing things vocally I didn't even know I could do and I think it's just that that spirit that comes out um just that heart that love I have for Prince and his music and it's taking me to to new levels in this show and Zach have pushed me to just be a better and better performer and I'm just striving to keep getting better and that's what Prince would want he worked his people night and day so there's always there's always higher links that are higher that you can get with what you do and so how do you find that voice inside to be able to kind of replicate what he does but kind of make it your own Honestly, I don't know. I came to the first rehearsal with Zach, and I, we did like computer blue, and I did the little scream, and I went, "Wow, I didn't know I could do that! Wow, that's kind of fun." Uh, just, just trying. I think just having the courage to do it. Uh, this is the first time I've been in a position where I was able to do that, and um, and just having the courage, and just amazing musicians behind me that believed me, Zach believing in me that I could do it, and just saying, "Well, you know, screw it. Let's just." try it go for it and it's been just amazing yeah Yeah. and so uh tell me about the first time you saw prince live i'm imagining you you have a a handful of times you know growing up in hawaii he didn't come to hawaii until like 96 when he got married and the funny thing is i was laying up i was in the middle of the night i woke up middle of the night and just thought let me try to for some crazy reason i thought let me try to tune into one of the neighbor island radios and it was one of those Prince moments that people tell you he's everywhere. Like I turned on the station and I'm hearing, it was staticky and I kept hearing Prince, Blaze Del Arena, Prince. And I'm going, what's going on? So I called and it turned out he was coming, screamed in the middle of the night, woke my parents up. It was like just, and it was the most incredible experience. My mom took me, then we um, bought tickets for the next night. We went twice, got the autographs of most of his band, got a couple Polaroids with the band. Um, put a big red lipstick mark on his drummer's cheek and I look back and I was such a baby so I understand why he looked really embarrassed and kind of grossed out but you know it was my my dream my dream come true yeah anyone here ever uh, get to meet Prince while he was no I didn't get a chance God, I wish uh, tell tell me dreams. Yeah. Um, tell me anybody can take this one, but tell me about playing here at the Great American Music Hall and kind of the the history of this venue specifically to to Prince, right? Who wants to take it? <laughs> All right. I guess you got the power, Lisa. Oh, okay. Okay. Back to Zach. The story goes that Prince's uh, last Northern California after party was here about six weeks before he passed. Yeah. And um, he met a DJ that night named uh, Purple Pam the Funkstress. Yeah. Funkstress. And um, she was here. And um, there's a thing above the stage where he stood, saw her, liked her, took her to be at his after party to be the DJ for all of them until he passed on. And um, a year later, she came and she was our DJ when we played here. Wow. For like the one year anniversary of his passing. And um, sadly, six months or so later, she passed too. So um, for us, like, there's an energy of Prince in the room that if two people show up tonight, we'll, we'll still play like it's packed. We don't care. Yeah. We feel the energy, feel the spirit, feel like there's like um, a lineage that happens here, like this venue. Nowhere else, this venue has something magical about it. 
and we can we we look up there often and picture him and and uh, there's like a, a video that Pam the DJ yeah. had she showed me when she came here she took a little video of Prince she tried to sneak a video because he didn't want he did not she like snuck, that yeah. she <laughs> snuck a little something and you could see him up there you know being all princely kind of like don't don't look at me type of thing but so I always see that video in my head when, when I'm here and so I mean as lame as it is it, it you know tears will go in the eyes several times when I play here it's just the way it is but sure you know it's as close as we get to him now we can't we can't get any closer here anyway um, we have some things coming up where we'll go um, play in First Avenue and back where they film Purple Rain and uh, so that'll be great but any, any any way we can get close to him the better we've been blessed to have some of the Escobedos Juan Escobedo Sheila E's brothers played with us um, we, we, we've been blessed to get close to some of the sources that were close to him, but that's as close as we can get. We're kind of a younger generation. We're like, you know, a generation behind him or however you want to say. So playing the music is as close as we can get to him. So, you know. Yeah. And, and so tell me about the how the dynamic of this band changed when, uh, when Prince passed. Well, desperately, because we were in, in the infantile stages when, when he was alive. So at first I was trying to have an impersonator, because that's usually what you do. Yeah. In a tribute scene, you have somebody dress up like him, but out of all the people to impersonate, impersonating Prince, like it just never works out. I know a couple people they do it, and they do a pretty good job. I, I respect what they're trying to do, but really, Prince is just so from the inside out. What came out was who he was, so it's just hard. You dress somebody up, it never worked out. So when he passed on, I just decided I don't want to do an impersonator. I want to do. Um, even though I know it would probably hurt business because, you know, if you have an impersonator, business is better for you. People like to see some of disbelief. Yeah. 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 So, but I decided, you know, let's go for the heart of the music and the spirit of the music and we'll give them a great show still. And uh, hopefully that'll be enough to make the real fans connect because at the end of the day, casuals aren't going to come out and see us all the time. You know, it's going to be the people that really love him. And so I can't tell you, we have a guy here that traveled from Spain tonight, has oh, seen wow. two of our shows already in the last two consecutive weeks and it'll come tonight and we have so many people that travel from far away to see us just because they love Prince we don't, we don't get it confused that it's just us I mean we're, we're thankful that they think that we're holding the spirit true but <clears throat> you know for me doing Prince you can only do it if the music is as close to correct as possible if any of us sucked I would just like you know, just be done I'd be done I wouldn't try to do it I wouldn't put up something um, halfway there with Prince I just wouldn't do it yeah it's not yeah, yeah. so you guys um, uh, I don't know if you still do it but you guys played uh, 19, the 1999 album oh and, gosh yeah and Purple Rain in its yeah, entirety yeah the first time we were here we did the whole 1999 album and the whole Purple Rain album yeah. only band to, to ever do that in the history of craziness and then like 20 uh -huh. other songs I think we did like 51 songs that night wow which even the diehards were like come on Come on. <laughs> what day is it? I, I went to this concert on a Friday. but uh, <laughs> no, It was like three and a half hour show yeah. of, of us being on stage three and a half hours. So tonight we'll still do, you know, over 30 songs. We try to give it. You know, there's so many. There's, how could you? So, yeah, we'll do like full albums time to time. We, we've got some stuff coming up in April. We'll do like three days in a row with a different live album, a different album each night. And yeah. uh, we try to keep it special. Things that Prince would never play live, we try to maybe give it an avenue to do it. Like Prince fans are like, oh, why didn't he do this album? 
well, maybe we'll do that for you because you know you get to see it with him. So you know, yeah, that's got to be pretty tricky to yeah. be able to hand master like a whole album. Well, it is, and it's tricky because who he was in the '70s compared to who he was in 2012 is so different. Yeah. And everywhere in between, he reinvented himself every single time. And so the technology of the day changed, the sound. Trying to replicate a record live is really tough because, you know, he was like really into different sounds and different things and real, real dynamic things that, that are hard to replicate, so. And do you feel like you have to reinvent the feel like each, like when, if you do a yeah. different album each night, like? I feel compelled, I feel, I feel, com and they know, and, and maybe it's my, it's not a strong suit of mine, but I get upset quickly if it doesn't feel like what I would hear when I listen to Prince. Like if it doesn't, if it doesn't have the muscle or something, like I, I want that muscle put into it. If it doesn't have like, if I'm not hearing the keyboard where I want to hear the keyboard, and, you know, maybe it's not a great quality to be that demanding, but maybe that's why I'm doing the Prince thing too, because I, I want it to be as close to what he did as possible. So yeah, demanding that it sounds good. Yeah. Because otherwise the audience comes out here and you know, what are you giving them? I think you have to work hard for the audience. Why Why do it otherwise? Or they're not going to come back and, and you're, it's not going to Yeah, and why do we rehearse for all those years? And why, if we're really the musicians that we are, a band like this, you get to show a little bit and really see if you are what you think you are. Yeah. Because if you learn the parts correctly, correctly, you know, that it's going to show whether you're good enough or not. So. Yeah. Has anybody been to Paisley Park? We, we've given away a trip to Paisley Park. You did? How, how yeah, did last year, and we're giving away two more this year. Um, what we do is uh, our memorial shows in April. We try to do something special every year. Um, the other year, we gave away a trip for two. We paid for everything, flew them out, and it, w it was a father and his daughter, and, and they got to go out there, and it was incredible. So we'll give away one, but I feel weird about going to his house, Yeah. to be honest. I went to Elvis when he died, like two years after he died, and... Uh, I just literally felt like I was in the guy's house. I'm like, this feels weird. I mean, that was his house. Like, like he, you know. So I have a weird connection with it, but I think I'll go. I just, you know, his energy is probably there. People say it is, but I don't know. It's kind of heartbreaking to go there and have him not there. It's just, it's like the empty house of Prince now. So for me, I don't know. I don't know if I will. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go this year. This has to be the year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you want to take the voyage to Paisley Park? And I have said, to. Yeah. I mean, I've wanted to since I was a kid, and obviously it'll be different this time. And from the the reason I had originally always dreamed of being there, which was to work with him, but yeah, I just I I can't believe I haven't been yet, and I've already heard that it's feeling a little less and less like him. But I mean, I have to. Yeah, yeah, and you you have a Prince tattoo. I right? do. Yes. Uh, so you've kind of immortalized him. <laughs> My I first mean, tattoo. Oh, your first one. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and so tell me what that t tattoo means to you. Um, for me, he's got the he's got different um, versions of the symbol, like the one on Susan's jacket, the love symbol. Um, but this one, this was when I, this was the symbol, the style that he used when I first started. Just my obsession with Prince. So to me, this will always be my favorite because it just reminds me of when I was like a preteen and just discovering Prince and just, I mean, it changed my life. Yeah. Well, t tell me about the most memorable sh uh, show that you guys have performed. Ooh. Oh gosh. Each person, come on. Yeah, everybody, come on. We, there's some quiet folks around here. Come on. Music on the square. Oh, music on the square. Okay, tell yeah, Russ. Tell, 
Tell us about music on the square, Russ. Yeah, we, we had the um, honor of playing music on the square in Redwood City. And um, I think we played in front of almost 5,000 fans. Wow. And the energy was amazing. And um, it was just good just to give the crowd what they wanted. Um, like Zach said, we do our best to um, not necessarily emulate, but be true to the music. Yeah. And we think we gave the crowd what they came for. But it was for me, that was my favorite. Yeah. moment in this band and so what, what made it special like was it this the size of the crowd was it the outdoor you know outdoor like it was, it was magic to yeah. be honest with you um it seemed like the crowd was in one accord every single person out there heard every single note that we did and i'm speaking i'm not i know i'm not just speaking for myself but i know the band we every single note that we played there was a ton of passion behind it and the energy was just reciprocal from the from the crowd and when you have that that love from 5,000 people is just something very special. Yeah, and and Prince's music, t tell me about his impact to you, like uh, mm -hmm. as your, I mean, did you, were you a big fan before you yeah. joined the band? Um, I grew up listening to Prince. Um, one of the things I appreciate about Prince is that he's a true artist and he, he, um, he didn't try to be like anybody else, but he was true to himself. Mm -hmm. And his influence, you know, spans the globe. Um, there, there will be no other. There was no other before him, and there will be no other after him. And I'm just honored, just to be a small part of this. You know, it, it's music that I grew up loving, and um, I, again, I'm just honored to be a part of this band. It means a lot to me to be able to uh, play the music that I love for yeah. people who love the music. Yeah. Um, so as you guys look forward to the, the future of the band, tell me a little bit about what you expect. I, mean, I know you have a bunch of shows coming up, and. Oh, come on, we need some British coffee. <laughs> we gotta get some of that on here. Come here. Stuart. Yeah. Just say. Same as Russ, probably. Same one? But the same one as Russ. Just the outdoor shows when there's just, you can just see a sea of people and everyone's singing along and it's dark outside and the lights are on you. Yeah. It's a really incredible feeling. Yeah, and so the uh, the future. Tell me about kind of where you see the band uh, going. What you're what you're looking forward to with uh, when Dove's going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what the plans are, but it would be nice to kind of travel further and play a variety of venues and meet more Prince fans. Yeah. yeah. What's the furthest your tour has uh, taken you? How how far have you guys traveled? Right now, just right now, just California mostly. Yeah, but. Like I said, we'll go to Minnesota. Reno. We will. We, we, oh yeah, Reno. I guess we played <laughs> Reno, Tahoe. I guess yeah. So a couple, mostly West Coast so far. But this year we'll go into the Midwest, and um, there's always talks about going other places. But you know, talks happen, and but we would like to go everywhere. You know, we have we have a few different things that we do. Well, we all work together in a lot of different bands, and um, those are starting to travel more and more, and so. We want them to see the Prince show. I mean, the Prince show for us, you know, you, you have to, people don't like to talk about this, but you have to get paid at a show. Yeah. The reality is though, if some other band could pay our way and we could just take this band everywhere just to, cause we feel like we have something so special here. We, you know, we'll show up anywhere. If, if you tell us we can show up somewhere and play, it's outside, it's whatever, if we get to play and show them what we're doing in a different area I'm happy to bring the show there because I just feel like we have something really unique and really special so 
my plans are grand, but for now, we have um, uh, maybe about 60 or 70 shows already on the books for 2020, and uh, we'll get about 20 or so more. We'll do right around 100 dates next year. That's awesome. And uh, a lot of them regionally, but um, we've got another sh- good show coming up at the Fox Theater, which is in Redwood City also, <laughs> and uh, we like that venue a lot. It's a nice venue. A- any um, theater or hall that you can get into, it feels a little bit different than a club. At the same time, we love a small, dank club, too. Yeah. Uh, there's a place called the Ivy Room that we play in Albany, which has the best energy in that room ever. 200 people only. But when those 200 people come, they want to hear live music, and they are just so into it. You know, I don't care how many people, if they're feeling it, and, and they want to hear Prince, and that's what we'll do. Yeah. So. Um, so as we wind down, I'd, uh, I'd like to hear from, you know, from some, especially from some of the, those that haven't uh, had a chance to talk as much, but uh, like, what's your, what's a, uh, a lyric from a song or one of the songs that connects with you the most? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that it's an honor to play with this band and I have a double love because I am a Candy Dolfer fan okay. since I'm the saxophonist uh-huh. and she was Prince's saxophonist. So I feel a double, I love Prince, I love Holly's music and I follow her separately as well. I have all her albums and um, I know her songs and I and I'm a big fan of her. She's yeah. one of my Facebook friends. Oh, nice. So yeah, so someday I hope to meet her. So um, I feel like I learn the music more uh, melodically than the lines. So let me think about that and maybe I can pass that to the vocalist, Rashad maybe. Sure, sure, Rashad. <laughs> well, you know, one thing about Prince is he always was saying something. Yeah. You know, there was there was always substance to his music. There is his music we still have. There's substance. There's a message. Um, even when he was talking about about the the freakier conversations, there was still you know, a, me- a message. Um, but there is uh, a line, of course, in the famous Purple Rain, where he says that. Um, they want me to sing it. I'll, I'll just say it. You can you can <laughs> sing it. It's okay. <laughs> when he says, yeah, "It's time we all reached out for something new," that means you too, because so many times we can get stuck in old patterns, old habits, old this, whatever, and uh, people are not given too much to change. Yeah. But I think that in that, he was basically saying it's okay to accept change it's okay to expect something new you should expect something new even you yeah. you know what i mean um and that's what he was about always reinventing himself and bringing us something new so that that kind of stays with me um in more ways than one in my own life so yeah that's my my line that's awesome oh yes he does okay Jenny. Yo, <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, favorite line. Yeah, any favorite? Um, of course the my clothes, my hair, clothes, my hair. We don't care. Uh, your clothes. Um, that one just really resonates with me again because just it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to be different. It's okay to accept everyone for I. I've always accepted everyone for who they are. Um, and 
I feel really fortunate for that because I feel like it's got to be a really small world if you dislike so many people for whatever reason, um, the color, their sexual orientation, whatever it may be. I mean, how small of a narrow world, small of a narrow world. Right. It's pretty redundant. <laughs> it just what a small world it must be. And I, I'm glad that he just, you know, of course, the way I was raised as well. But Prince really reiterated to me that go after those beautiful kind of strange eccentric people and uh don't be afraid to be yourself yeah well that's a great way to end that's beautiful yeah. and uh thank you guys for taking the time thank tonight you. And, uh, thank you yeah, of course. really looking forward to the show tonight so. <laughs> cool. cool yeah you will yes oh <laughs> <laughs> That was the interview with When Doves Cry here on Concert Pipeline. And, um, I, I mean, really at the end of the interview, um, and I haven't decided whether I'm keeping this in, in but I think I probably will. I, I, was, I think I was still recording, but uh, they were asking me uh, what my favorite Prince song was. And, uh, and I mentioned uh, 1999 mm. because, uh, I mean, that was a pivotal point for me. I was in high school, mm. and I remember what I was doing on uh, New Year's Eve, 1999, going into 2000, mm. when the decade changed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, millennium change, actually. There we go. That's uh, even bigger. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Well, depending on who you ask, maybe the millennium changes next year. It mm. could. Mm. Yeah, let's just ask your friend. Uh, um, yeah, so I remember just walking around town with friends in high school and going back to a friend's house and uh, ringing in the new year that way. And so uh, 1999 was, uh, I mean, the song of that uh, New Year's Eve for for, uh, for me. So uh, mm. so, I, so I said that, and then uh, they played it, and they uh, they dedicated the song to me, which was they did. That's nice. Which was and that's the little uh, little like. Uh, snippet that you sent to me that's a little little snippet so okay so the, so so the year's in transition right it's like midnight is approaching you're listening to this song and it's like yeah it's gonna be 2000 yeah and that's the that's the nostalgia right there 
Yeah. It's yeah. not like that was the first time you had a spontaneous no. threesome or something. Not that I can remember. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I'm trying to go back. No, it was just, just a song. Okay. There. All right. <laughs> Nothing special, I guess, uh, apparently. <laughs> Thank you for ruining my memory of that. No, 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 no. Okay. no, no, no. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and so, uh, I mean, here's here's the part. I'll, we'll play the part where they, they dedicated it to me, and then we'll just play the whole thing after. Uh, after. But uh, this is kind of like the beginning. I mean, you could kind of hear it. She said, this one goes out to Steve. Yep. Or mm-hmm. something, you know? I had to listen to it three times. <laughs> I'm like, each time I turn up the volume. And you know what oh, you're listening. Oh, there we go, Steve. I hear it. You know what you're listening to. It's kind of hard to hear, but it's there. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, if, you're not, if you're not looking for it necessarily, it's hard to hear uh, it on the recording. But I'm sure, I'm sure at the event, yes. everybody heard it clearly. Everybody, everybody was like, ah! Steve! Steve! Steve's here! All right. Right. Uh, <laughs> definitely not. I heard, Tony didn't even hear it, so uh, I was like, hey, you hear? Uh, they did, nope, didn't hear it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I heard it, and I got the recording. You got so it. It's, good, it's, good, good. It's kind of cool. So uh, so let's play 1999. Here. Oh, that's a must. we got to do it. Here it is.
All right, Jens, that takes us to our last segment on the podcast. What is it? Oh, man, that is going to be music news. That is right. Uh, so, Jens, you alluded to this earlier, but uh, the lineup for Bottle Rock 2020 uh, in Napa came out today. It did. It did. It dropped. And uh, and last week, the lineup for Coachella uh, dropped. So Oh, I haven't seen that one. Those usually drop within a week of each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, so it's uh, pretty exciting to see which will have the better lineup. And, you know, I feel, again, that uh, uh, the Bottle Rock has a better lineup than Coachella. Uh, uh, it seems to be a theme that that is true, right? It, it feels like it. So, I mean, I'm not in a hurry to to travel down to India or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and leading uh, leading the Coachella lineup um, is Rage Against the Machine um, uh, and uh, Travis Scott. And who is the, the third one? And Frank Ocean. Uh, and... Uh, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of other bands, too, like Run the Jewels, which is cool, um, Tom York. Um, not not many others that I would be like, oh, I, you know, I'd be really want to see them. Like a lot of artists that I don't know. Uh, Charlie XCX is playing. Um, you know, Fat, Fat Boy Slim is uh, is going to play. Uh, so Wait, who are their big headliners? Rage Against the Machine. Okay. Um, Travis Scott uh, and Frank Ocean. Those are the three. Yeah, I'm having a hard time getting excited about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not not big on that lineup. So yeah. Um, and but the weekend, the first weekend sold out. Um, I, uh, I th- think today the pre-sale for weekend two went uh went on sale. So I mean, it'll probably sell out pretty quick too. People are excited about it, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, but I don't. I think it pales in comparison to the Bottle Rock lineup, which is. Absolutely. Is, I, I'm, I, my eyes popped open when I read that they this were, morning. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, at the, at the crack of 11 when you woke up. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was only a few hours ago. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> uh, who played Bottle Rock actually a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Matthews Band. Yep. Uh, and Stevie Nicks are the three big headliners. Yeah. For, uh, for Bottle Stevie Rock. Nicks, man. Wow. I know. Solo. Not even Fleetwood Mac or anything. Right. Stevie, Stevie Solo. That's amazing. Now, um, I didn't really have enough time to take a look at when, like what days mm-hmm. everyone's playing. Does it show it, that? No, because that hasn't... Uh, oh, they haven't. They, they just announced the three-day lineup. Okay. So okay. that'll probably be broken down in a week or something like that. Gotcha. Um, but uh, the, the three-day tickets are on sale tomorrow. So well, how many times have you and I wanted to go to Bottle Rock together? Uh, I mean a lot, but then you. But then somehow go to Alaska or something. I know it's like I'm on a trip, or the bands aren't like they're great, but they're not great enough for me to actually take time off work. Right. But this year is different because my work schedule has changed, and I'm actually now getting a normal fucking work schedule later this month. Yeah, so you could go Saturday. So dude, or Sunday. I can go every bloody day if you want. Yeah. I am excited about all three of those. Uh, you are. So you would want to go Headliners. all three days to Bottle Rock. I'm not going to say that, but I am going to say hands down, man. I'll go to at least one day. Okay, so which one of those headliners are you most excited about? Well, I think it's going to depend on, um, well... Supporting? Uh, which one am I most... Well, I've seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers before. That was a long time ago. I loved that concert. Stevie Nicks I've always wanted to see. 
Um, I mean, Fleet, Fleetwood Mac was here recently for whatever reason. I didn't go to see that, but yeah. Uh, and Dave Matthews Band we saw together not too long ago. We did. I would say Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's the one you're going to go to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I think I'm hooked into Dave Matthews Band uh, mm. because my uh, my friend Colleen, who lives in Nevada now, who I haven't seen in a year mm. since she got married, um, was, uh, uh, I mean, I think she's going to come here for it. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a text thread, her, Joe, and I, and uh, she was giving me crap because she's like you don't even like dave matthews band why do you want to go you just want to go because <laughs> jo- you know uh joe and i are going and i'm like really? how about you stop being a bitch and, I know. <laughs> you know, like, how about stop making it about you right yeah. like what where, where does that shit even come from i know it's stupid uh and, like and i go to bottle rock every year so i usually will choose one day yeah to, to go so i don't think i'll be going to all three um but didn't I, you tell me once that um when they go to concerts together, when they go to Dave Matthews Band together, it's just like it's a date night or something just for them, and they don't well, want anybody else around them. That was her ex-husband. And, oh, uh, <laughs> different guy? Okay. Yeah. Oops. Right? <laughs> well, you, you saw they were when, when you went. I mean, they were yeah. they shut you and Tony out. And yeah, they, I know. Like, and I was stuck there in the middle like, uh, okay, it's like thanks. Nice to know you, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, but so I'll probably end up going because of that. But uh, a lot of mm. it will depend on the support. Also, My- Miley Cyrus is playing, Bla- Brandy Carlisle, the uh, Avid Brothers. You're a big Miley fan, right? Oh, you're huge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got a wrecking ball in your bedroom. I have two wrecking balls in between. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> big old wrecking balls. Yes. Uh, Janelle Monet, uh, Blondie of Monsters and Men. Of Monsters and Men, that's it. I love those guys they're cool huge fans so i might go on the day that they're playing and whatever headliner is happens to be that day empire of the sun uh jimmy eat world michael fronti and spearhead michael fronti's awesome live um milky chance is supposed to be really good i mean there's a matt nathanson trampled by turtles who've uh, been on concert uh the lead singer trampled by turtles uh solo was on concert pipeline and performed a song for the podcast um jerry harrison um and adrian below uh i mean both of them did we're at the bowie celebration we uh interviewed jerry harrison from, mm-hmm. um uh of talking heads yeah um oh that went well yeah that was a <laughs> that was well, fuck. <laughs> yeah that was one of the um don't hmm. talk to him about talking heads exactly village people <laughs> like uh, yeah the village people holy shit this lineup keeps on going and so uh, did you ever see that interview about the village people that's like genius. there's this there's this hilarious interview no and uh and the village people are like yeah you know we came out with this song and like the ymca loved it you know everyone was like ymca but that was back in year whatever whatever and nobody realized that it was like a gay song and that we were all gay and it was so fucking hilarious to see all these Christians loving our gay song sung by gay people and they didn't realize that you know until much 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 later wow uh, it was so fucking funny that's that is pretty funny <laughs> uh, I mean Atlas Genius who've been on the podcast uh, White Reaper who've been on the podcast I mean a, bu- a bunch of bands who have been uh, been on Concert Pipeline and uh, and so uh I don't know. Maybe I will go to all three days. It's uh, I'm not going to commit right now, but it depends on the day's breakdown, but I'll probably at least go to Dave's. So. Sounds good. There have been years where you haven't gone at all. Have there? 
I think so. I remember yeah, one was, year. Might have been one. And I was really surprised. That's the only reason I remember this. Because you were like, no, you're not really all that interested in going. There might have been one. It might have been. I, there might have been something going on. Probably. Outside of that. Or you're like, okay, or I just, I just really need to. Yeah, because you couldn't commit because there were other things more important that we were to, to, to focus on. You didn't care enough about anyone on the line. Yeah, you, that but, too, probably. But at this point, I'll usually try and go at least one day. So yeah. It'll be fun, dude. So that's the plan. So yeah. we'll try and get you out here for some Bottle Rock action. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, and you got a story for us. Yeah. Um, uh, this isn't really new news. Australia's been on fire for a while. What? Australia. What? <laughs> I come from a land down under. That place is on fire. Oh, yeah, I hear it's pretty bad. It's, it's really, really bad. And and you, of all people, know what that's like, yes. right? And even the parts that aren't on fire, I hear it's like 100 degrees. <sighs> like Plus, it's, yeah. it's gross. Like, yeah. not a place to tour, uh, yeah. like, to just, like, vacation right now. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Did you watch the Golden Globes last night? Uh, I watched, actually, the first five minutes. Oh, that, uh, you must have been a real fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Gervais. Uh, and, oh, oh, God. Once he showed up, I'm like, oh, Jesus. I, I saw it because... I, <laughs> It was on after the game, right? Which is uh-huh. I'm sure why you watched yep, some of exactly. it. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted. I'm knowing Ricky Gervais was hosting. I was like, okay, I'll watch the opening and then let's just that, see how cringeworthy the jokes uh-huh. are, right? He took a lot of stab at the Hollywood Foreign Press or whatever. Yeah, and, uh, and I don't even know what the Hollywood Foreign Press is. I mean, it's like how out of it I am. They're the ones that make all the. I mean, all the decisions. Or, or are they I don't foreign? Know. Foreign, maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. Like, oh, why I don't are they know. Foreign? Why it's is a foreigner who came to Hollywood or something. Right? That's why I thought he was talking about because he's from England or wherever. So he's like, oh, it's we have the Hollywood Foreign Press over here. It's like a, you know, it's like a British thing that reports on Hollywood. I don't know. Yeah. I have no clue. Yeah, but what you got on Australia? So anyway, so what I want to say before I get into my story is that um, I did watch the entire thing because okay. my wife forced me to, and I didn't have a choice. Uh, who's that guy from Australia? Uh, gladiator guy. Uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. He won, okay. but wasn't there. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow okay. honored him, you okay. know, by accepting it and giving a little speech about how Russell couldn't make it because Australia's on fucking fire and he's trying to deal with, you know, keeping his family safe. I, I saw stuff. Jennifer Aniston reading the teleprompter, really struggling like to... She was wasted. Yeah, even before... And she was the Dude, first presenter. I don't know what was going on with her. I'm sorry for, like, totally they, deviating they off the point. They let him drink at that that, that show, yeah, which I think is what makes that tolerable. Yeah. So she, she was either wasted... Uh-huh. Um, and she was just trying really, really hard to not, you know, fuck up yeah. while she was talking on stage. Or, I don't know, maybe there was some sort of, I'm not really a gossip Delay person, or... but, you know, it's like, maybe there was some encounter with Brad Pitt, you know, that stirred up something. So she was all nervous or upset or who knows. Sure. Or maybe both. You're stirring up. Maybe that's why she started drinking so much because Brad Pitt was there. She's like, it. oh my God, yeah. Yeah. So where, where were you getting at? I don't know where you're... Anyway, so there were a lot of people during the awards that talked about political crap, and I hate yeah. that. Yeah, I so annoying. hate that. Like, this is a music thing. Talk about music. Is it a music thing? It's not the Grammys. Did you watch the whole thing? Is it a Taylor music? Swift was there. Okay. I thought it was a music thing. <laughs> you're so confused. And I'm like, why is Taylor Swift here? She was either in a movie or um, a series, or maybe she did the song for one or something. Maybe, but I could never really figure out why Taylor Swift was there. I don't but think it's a music thing, though. You're right. It's not a music thing. <laughs> Although there were awards for music stuff, yes. related stuff. I'm sure it's existent, but it's it, it it, it's, a, it's a TV We are really digressing. Show. Yes. Anyway, anyway, lots of people came up and made the crap political, but... People did uh, talk about Australia a lot, which ties into my story. Pink, who, as far as I know, wasn't there. 
okay. uh, at the at the at the, at the Golden Globes. Uh, she, dude, she's donated half a fucking million dollars to Australia's catastrophic bushfire Holy problem. Shit. That is that is big. That's cool. Half a fucking million. What is dollars. The, Where does that go? I mean, do they just light the money on fire, or? <sighs> I don't know. It's like, okay, Pink, we're going to take that and we're going to buy fire retardant, you know? I don't know. How do they break all that up? Um, So anyway, uh, for those of you in Great Britain wondering how much that is in pounds, it's 382,000 pounds. Um, And this is going to help emergency services in Australia to help them... um, battle this catastrophe so she's pink is 40 now uh she's saying she's totally devastated about the fires which have claimed the lives of at least uh 23 people um and estimated half dude half a billion animals wow half a fucking billion animals that's crazy right yeah like i don't i can't even comprehend a number that high yeah well that's nice i mean and she uh, i mean she did kind of call herself out to give herself some credit because she put it on Twitter. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. She tweeted it directly, but she also provided resources where others can um, can donate uh, to the cause. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Um yeah, so her fans were, you know, really quickly to quick to praise her uh, and, her, and her generosity. Uh, one even wrote, I'm not directly affected, but I have friends currently being evacuated. Your generosity and compassion has brought tears to my eyes. Um, you know, it really is. It's, it's a very touching gesture. Can you read that next quote for me? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, another fan wrote, your blood's worth bottling. Thank you. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, that's like some weird vampire sexual thing. I don't know. That's okay. All right. Pink's. Sorry. Oh, okay. Man. Okay. Yeah. Next. Next, we're gonna see like Pink's blood uh, for sale on eBay. Right. I know because her fan is bottling it. Oh my god. Exactly. And it's like, okay, you buy this, and the proceeds go to Australia. Creepy. Yep. Um, totally creepy. Anyway, good for you, Pink. Good for you, Pink. Indeed. Good for you, Pink. Um, my story, Jens, is uh, mm. about Michael Jackson, and oh uh, yeah, is yeah. she still around? Well. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen the documentary Surviving Neverland on no. Netflix? I haven't seen it either. But is it good? F- Since you haven't seen it, and I haven't seen it, <laughs> I don't know. Is there a fucking review or something about it? How many stars does it get? I haven't seen it yet, so I have no idea. Does it have like one tomato? I think it's supposed to be good, but I haven't I haven't gone there. Uh, but his uh, sexual abuse accusers can now sue estate, the estate for millions as a new law comes into force. Uh, so two men who accused Michael Jackson of sexually abusing them as children oh, can God. bring their lawsuits to trial thanks to an update in the law that came into effect on January 1st. Uh, Wade Robinson and, or excuse me, Robeson and James uh, Safechuck, whose accusations were featured in the documentary Leaving Neverland, as well as in a t- 2013 lawsuit that was dismissed four years later, could find themselves back in court. Both of them appealed in the 2017 decision to discharge their cases, which was due to a statute of limitations. Uh, but these appeals have since been on hold in the uh, Appellate Court. Uh, so now, according to Sky News, a change in the law means that a new ruling could overturn the 2017 dismissals. Um, and uh, a lower court had dismissed the lawsuit because under California law, claims of childhood sexual assault had to be filed before an accuser's 26th birthday. Mm. Hmm. Um, so they're, I mean, they turn 18, they have 
eight years to uh, from adulthood mm-hmm. to uh, to do it before, but but a legal change which came into effect has extended the period until an accuser's fortieth birthday. Okay. So you have a, a lot more time, and so should a trial be granted, uh, these two guys would be able to sue the Michael Jackson estate for millions of dollars, like they attempted to do six years ago. Um, and wow, the estate, his family, and Jackson himself, before he died in 2009, have denied all accusations of the sexual misconduct leveled against him. Um, and so uh, the, lo- the lawyers handling, I think, both cases, I guess, said in a statement, we are pleased that the court has recognized the strong protections that California has put into place for sexual abuse victims under the state's new law extending the statute of limitations. We look forward to sharing the facts of the terrible abuse of these guys with the jury. Uh, so uh, more to come on that. Wow. That's intense, man. Yeah. Um, so, it's so weird to talk about that because the guy's it's dead. dead, but there's you lots know? of money in his, yeah. you know, I mean, exactly. there's lots of money there still, even though he's not alive, right? So right. his family's going to have to pay up uh, for his wrongdoings mm-hmm. um, if found guilty. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. You got a, You got one more. You want to hear about Rod Stewart? I thought you'd never ask. Yeah, so Rod Stewart wants to know if you still think he's sexy. It is, he's 85 or something now, right? Yeah, I don't know. That's not actually the headline, but okay. <laughs> in case you want to go to a Rod Stewart concert, you might want to, um, you know, read some news because uh, he was just charged by the police. Like staying in crew? For being too sexy. No. Okay. Yeah, dude, he, this guy, Rod Stewart. Uh, is he really 85? I don't know. No. He's not that old, is he? I don't know. I made that up. Okay. Well, apparently he's still got muscle because he, like, punched a security guard. Rod Stewart Why, punched what? a security guard in he, Florida. He's 74, by the way. He's so. 74. Okay. He's 74. Okay. So he was on vacation. All right. So here's Rod. He's with his family. He's in Palm Beach. Sure. And it's New Year's Eve. And uh, he was charged with simple battery after police allegedly after allegedly punching a security guard yeah, this is so weird i like i don't know rod stewart very well i've been to his concert before you know i did like he, did he seem violent at the concert uh, no no he just uh i don't know this is weird was he provoked or what okay so um so uh he was denied along with others, to access a private party outside of the children's area at the Breakers Resort. Okay, so he wasn't allowed in a party, so he gets violent. I guess, yeah. So he's restricted from doing something that he wants to do, right? He has an objective. He wants to go to play with some kids in the children's area. I don't know. And then he's um, denied by the security guard guy, whose name is Jesse. Okay, we'll call him Jesse. Call him Jesse. Um, and Jesse told police that Rod Stewart and his son, Sean, were part of a group that began to get loud and cause a scene. Ooh. Okay. okay don't want to do that. Um, then they were denied access to the park. Okay. So, uh, they were denied access because of their behavior, apparently. That's how, that's what happened. Okay. Um, but what did they do? I mean, I don't know. What the heck? So, uh... So then apparently things escalated and Rod stepped toward the security guard and threw a punch and he struck Dixon in the 
in his left rib cage area. <laughs> like okay, what? Well, you know what? I think that's pretty damn good for uh, for uh, a, a, a rock and roll yeah. star to be able to still hit somebody at seventy something years old. I mean, you know, I don't think we should look at this story as a negative thing. No, no. I mean, he can still see. This is great. This he is can great. still <laughs> throw a punch, right? And he's people still are still wondering be, if he's sexy. He's still forced to be reckoned with, right? Yeah. I hope he doesn't go to prison. I mean, I, I want to see him in concert again. Yeah, his uh, his tour dates in prison probably wouldn't be... Uh, yeah, he's going to do one of those, like... Um, who's that guy that did the concert in prison? Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Johnny, Johnny Cash. What the fuck did Johnny you just Cash. say? Johnny Cash. <laughs> Johnny Cash. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Folsom Prison Blues. Yes, I like that guy. Um, so anyway, so uh, Rod, he went ahead and just denied... Um, and not denied hitting the guy. <laughs> denied hitting. No, hold on. Uh, he told police that he was denied entry into the area. Um, spoke to police. Spoke to ho- uh, hotel employees. Uh, they were working at the private event. Um, there were witness statements and shit. And He's, we have eyewitnesses, you know, seeing Rod throwing that punch and, to Dixon. And he's got a court date, so... He's got a court date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. February 5th. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, we'll happen to see... We'll have we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. We'll follow up on the story. We will. We'll circle back with all, uh, everybody who's interested, so... Crazy, man. Rod Stewart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have one more story. You do? You. Do you know who it involves? Mm-hmm. Just because it's a new decade, or may not be, doesn't mean we're, we're changing up the... Uh, the MO Are you telling me that our favorite uh, Dave Grohl has been in the news? He has. Oh. Now this is Do this, tell. this is exciting stuff for a Dave Grohl fan. Uh, so there's um, there was a show uh, just two nights ago actually uh, where surviving Nirvana members Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic, and Pat Smear reunited in Los Angeles for a performance at a January Fourth benefit supporting the charity group uh, the Art uh, of. Uh, Elsium, uh, and there's video online of this. So uh, the trio were joined on stage by Beck mm. uh, nice. on guitar to deliver a five-song set uh, of the Nirvana hits at the Hollywood Palladium, mm. um, opening with St. Vincent up front for Lithium, uh, while Beck took over on In Bloom and Been a Son before Grohl's 13-year-old daughter, mm. uh, Violet, handled vocals on Heart Shaped Box. Uh, with Beck back at uh, center stage for the closing tune, a cover of David Bowie's The Man Who Sold the World. Mm. Um, And uh, so it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's close as you're going to get to a Nirvana. Nirvana Yeah, right. right? I mean, and just getting those guys together. Totally. With Beck just like, hey, I'm just Beck and I'm just here, Mm -hmm. you know, not even doing any Beck tunes or anything. You know, there's no two two tables and a microphone or any of that business. He's he's just there rocking out on stage with Dave fucking Grohl. That's awesome, dude. And Dave Grohl's daughter. Yeah. On vocals. like Violet. Go Violet. She's 13. I wonder if she's any good. I haven't watched the video, but <laughs> I, would, I can't wait to see what her career is going to be all about. I mean, you're like I listened to a podcast the other day um, with uh, Dave Grohl, and he, he's talking about you know how yeah he did one interview where you know the first question was you know like talking to him about being dad rock mm. you know <laughs> and he's like well we, we are uh and we're not cool and right and that sort of thing and uh and you know the interviewer went on to tell him how cool he actually was you are cool you know yeah. but someone who's so cool doesn't think that they're really cool i know right, right? 
All right. I mean, well, how do you do that as a kid? You know, like every every kid goes, well, I think every kid goes through the experience where, oh, my God, hanging out with your parents in public, like, that's not cool. You don't want to do that. Yeah. But when your dad is fucking Dave Grohl. I know. Does your daughter have that same experience? Like, like I, oh, my God, my dad. I hear so embarrassing. So, I hear a lot about, you know, uh, celebrities and rock stars who their kids, you know, still, even though they are who they are, don't think that they're they're cool, right? You know, uh, who who was it? Oh yeah, I was listening to um, oh fuck, what's her what's her name from from Frozen? Uh, uh, Eliza. No, Minnelli. Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you're talking about. The the woman who actually sang that song. Uh, yeah, you're you're thinking of. Eliza. Uh, Eliza. I'm thinking about the actual name of the yeah. Disney character. Oh, Elsa? Elsa, thank you. Yeah, but I know you're talking about the actual artist who sang that song. She's she's uh, fucking fantastic. Uh, I'm not I'm not thinking of uh Adina Menzel. Oh, you're not? Well, then I have no idea what I'm you're thinking about. I'm thinking of the other one who There's another one? There's another one. <laughs> oh, dude. Kristen really? Bell. You know Who the hell is that? Kristen Bell is uh Anna. Anna. Oh, right. Anna. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um and uh, she, I mean, she, I've heard her say in a couple of interviews, you know, that about how she tells her kids that, you know, I'm a cool mom, you know. And <laughs> it's you like just, that has to be reinforced know, into your kid's brain. She's a fucking Disney princess. And, you know, now no queen, spoiler. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I remember as a kid um, that, like, new stuff was the best stuff. Like, the new yeah. stuff was the cool stuff. You know, the old stuff that's associated with your parents, none of that's yeah. cool. Like, her like her daughter's friends will, like, sing her songs from the movie and stuff, and it's, mm-hmm. her, it's her own mom, and, and uh. she's like, uh, you know, but... Uh, You're right, right. But her, her friends, she's like, I'm, I'm a cool mom, you, you'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, you just gotta grow up a little bit, and you'll see how freaking cool I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Yenza... That's our show for today. Damn, dude, uh, that felt like it was five minutes long. It was a little longer than I'm five like minutes. I'm like just flying through this. Yes, you are flying through this. I wonder if this whole year is going to be flying through it. Be, this whole decade will be, you know, like yeah, that. So. Until we get to the beginning of the decade. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, edging up on episode 250. Holy and, shit. I know. Uh, and uh, Yeah. Crazy. That's a lot of cloud space. <laughs> it is. Well, you're, you're in the clouds, but uh, yeah, so... So I want to thank you. It's good to good to have you back here. Yeah, it's good to be here with you too, Steve. And um, in case we didn't mention it before, or enjoying another lovely day on your fabulous porch in the winery, in yes. the vineyard. The winery, yes, the winery vineyard. This is your winery. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not, but yeah, I pretend it is. Do, are you going to make a prediction for how many uh, interviews you're going to get out to? Oh, I'm going to say like, you know what? I don't want to break a leg here. I need to, you know, safety first. I'm going to do like four. Okay. And then see what happens after four. that. A solid four. Okay. That's the yeah. triple commitment here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know uh, if I hit my target last year. Did I? I don't think so. Did we do I like one together? We did three in one, one day. Oh, that's true. We did. So I think you may have hit five. And then we did that guy. That guy. That guy. I don't remember the guy. I, I do so many interviews. I can't help you here. Uh, Mission District, who talked okay. to us forever. Like yeah. the interview was the shortest part of the conversation. Oh yeah. Who wanted to get into podcasts and stuff? Yeah, yeah, the '80s band and yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. Oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. Okay, so I should you, pat myself on the back. You should. I probably did five. You're you're gonna do some yep. this year, and we'll yeah. get you out to some shows. There so. we go. Uh, all right. So uh, for all of us here, at concert pipeline. That's Jen Shippel. and that is Steve Jones. We're gonna close you out with one more show from uh, the uh, the show at Great American Music Hall, uh, where. Uh, 
We're good. <laughs> what the fuck? Am I oh my god, dude, you're so stoned. When doves cry. Yes, thank you. This is Little Red Corvette. Oh, great song. But before we before we close out, did they do the in through the outdoor song, Raspberry Bray? Uh, they. I don't the think they did. Raspberry Bray. I don't think they did Raspberry Bray. You know, I had a, I have a love hate relationship with that song. Okay. I fucking hate well, that song. We're not song. gonna play it. But I also like. God, I love that song. Okay, we're not going to play it. Good. Whether you like it or not. No, I don't want it in my head for like ever. We're going to play Little Red Corvette. Good. Here it is. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs>